The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. It's an end-of-the-week edition. It's a lovely day in paradise. I uh, had a great conversation uh, in hour number one with Mr. Harith Wickrema from the Island Green Living uh, over there on St. John, along with the uh, Assistant Commissioner for the Department, Department of Agriculture, uh, Ms. Diana Collingwood. They have an initiative tomorrow, composting and uh, food security over there at the Gift Hill School uh, on Love City, Upper Campus, tomorrow from 11 a.m. to 1 uh, PM. Now we're going to uh, shift the focus uh, to the Baha'i uh, faith. We got um, Judge Cannon. George Cannon joining us here in the studio. Good morning, Judge. Happy New Year. How Good are you? Good morning. Happy New Year to you, Neville. Good to have you here. And you brought uh, someone with you? You yeah, introduce them? Mr. Jerry Winninger. Uh, also, I think Dr. Rod Clocken is participating through the Zoom or video. Mm-hmm. And we're here on World Religion Day. Okay, good. Mr. Winninger, good morning. Good morning. Pull the microphone up so you can speak directly into the mic. Good morning. Good. Glad to have you here. <clears throat> Thank uh, joining you. us. Dr. Clarkin, how are you? Very good. How are you doing? My good, man. How's St. Thomas? Excellent. Things are going well. <laughs> lovely over there today like it is today? It over is here on St. Croix? Lovely. It's lovely here. Yeah. So check this out. I know where the Baha'i is now, man. I, I was over there in November. I had to go look for my daughter. And uh, when you go up the road by content and over the top, so... You guys can't get away from me now. I know where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome. Can stop by next time. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So how's everything, uh, um, Judge Cannon? How's, how's the Baha'i Faith doing? We're doing very well. It's We're trying to, of course, work with some of the youth in not only St. Croix uh, in children classes we're doing, but also uh, in St. Thomas. And uh, today we, we're here because world religion is celebrated this month and one of the basic principles of the Baha'i faith is the oneness of religion. And, mm-hmm. and historically, in St. Croix, I don't know if you were aware of this, but after Hurricane Hugo in 1989, because of the devastation that took place on St. Croix, uh, the different religions came together and, and we formed the Interfaith Coalition. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was one of two in the world where there was actually different religions, not only Christianity, Islam, Baha'i, Buddhism, and Hindu came together to sort of provide um, housing, assistance, rebuilding, and support for the St. Croix community. It was a wonderful thing because, you know, uh, one of the quotes that I say a lot from Baha'u'llah is the essence of faith is fewness of words and abundance of deeds. He whose words exceedeth his deeds, no verily his death is better than his life. Mm-hmm. And when you see religion come together in their members to help the greater community and recognize that we all worship the same God, it's just 
a wonderful sort of manifestation of the way it should be, man. Because we all here together. We all we, you know. So, mm -hmm. is the free coalition still in effect? No. <clears throat> As of January 2018, it decided to fold up. At that time, we had the long-term recovery groups in all three islands established to respond to the Irma and Maria, Maria situation, mm -hmm. and that kind of took over the mission that we had done after Hugo and after Maryland in 89 and 95, which at that time, the Interfaith Coalition of St. Croix played the central role mm -hmm. in doing what now these long-term recovery groups had done. And given that we as the executive committee were all in our 70s at that point and we're, we're, no, we're no longer as youthful back when we did it back in the 90s and mid, early and mid-90s, um, we turned it over to a younger group of people that constituted these long-term recovery groups that are, which are still in place right now. But, you, but that was, that's 30 years of institutional knowledge and, right. and um, well, camaraderie and, and, and bringing together the faith. So, you know, is that just now dormant? Well, um, I, I'm, I'm a part of the long-term recovery group, so mm -hmm. I was kind of the historian that brought that perspective forward in terms of what that experience was. Mm -hmm. But uh, And there was a committee that carried out pretty much the same function in terms of bringing together different faith groups to work together. So, on what, so what's, what's, what has happened since 2018? Well... Uh, given, you know, the 20, it's 29 years since uh, Hugo and, and the, 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 the hurricanes of Irma and Maria impacted you know, how we go about doing things. Now the Interfaith Coalition served a purpose. So what's the, what's the branching off from there? Well, like I said, the, the long-term recovery group has a committee that's been basically doing the same function in terms of bringing the faith groups together. Mm -hmm. Now, when that revolts, reverts back to the, like the, the VOAD, the volunteer organization or the community organizations active in disaster, mm -hmm. it won't be, we'll have to see. That's something we need to address. Yeah, so it's a work uh, in progress then. Yeah, so it's something a that transition, we can, It's a transition yeah, in progress. And I mean, and some people have expressed the hope that maybe we would get back to the interfaith coalition mm -hmm. over and above what we do in terms of disaster response, because we were doing more than just disaster response for those 29 years that we were together as the interfaith coalition of St. Croix. Okay, no, that's what I'm, uh, Dr. Clarkin, uh, religions yeah. uh, uh, in principle, uh, religions uh, coming together, um, that was, that, that wasn't something that, um, was in vogue back in the day, but as we've evolved as a people, um, I would think that would that, that, that's a good thing at this juncture, right, in our existence. It's not only a good thing, I think it's an essential thing. If we don't come together as a people, we are probably going to sink together because nowadays the problems of the world affect everyone and the religions play an important role and they need to play more of a unifying and harmonizing role in bringing humanity together and bringing them back to the primary mission of religion, which is to help people be the best they can be, to be uh, moral and uh, people who will serve humanity. So we feel that uh, religion can play a very important role and that very much like we're, we're overcoming the prejudices we've had for race and gender and nationality and class, we need to overcome the prejudices we have towards other religions. Um, George, kind of one of my listeners say, um, you got a bunch of my people on your program today, George. George Cannon came to St. John way back in mid 1976 or so. He, he and Alan Smith type. Yeah, Alan Smith is my Baha'i brother, and uh, 
he's a good brother, man. I mean, he he's not only someone who I love very dearly, but he has, uh, you know, a great love for the community. He's worked uh, from everything from legal service to assistant attorney general to the point that he was a commissioner with, uh, and also um, he was a magistrate judge in Superior Court. So now he's back over there giving of himself to the community. His son, Derek Smith, who was raised on St. John, I'm so proud of him, man. He's doing wonderful as a professor in the States in California, one of the most prestigious liberal universities. Uh, so uh, I think, you know, focusing on the concept of all religion coming together is I know it's challenging because many of the religions sort of take the position they're the only way but as Baha'is we see uh, religion as progressive that all of the religions no matter if you're Christian or Buddhist or Hindu or Muslim they all come from the same source we all worship the same God it's like um, the day is Friday yesterday was Thursday tomorrow be Saturday now, those are separate days, and they're independent of each other. But the sun that shines today is the same sun that shined yesterday and be the same sun that will shine tomorrow. So we see that it's just different religion that appeared at different times progressively to teach humanity the, the sort of word of God for the age. And we look at the fact that now religion, all of them talk about love and treating each other, you know, the golden rule as you wanted to be treated. Um, and it's time for us to sort of use that love and concept to help each other. You know, we can't be saying that we're the only way and the other path are going to lead you to hell when, when we all need each other to sort of bring about a better community. And we're so small here in the Virgin Islands. I mean, and all the people... I don't know anybody I've met that said they don't believe in God. Mm -hmm. But we got problems, and we need each other to help out. And we definitely need the religions to come together and provide the guidance. Well, the the, pre the conversation we had in the previous hour uh, was focusing on, uh, well, one of the you know, areas of that discussion was was food security. So, you know, I know, you know we're talking about World Religion Day and all that stuff, but um, as human beings, we got to eat. You know, me, me, uh, what about what about that reality um, in terms of our not only um, willingness to provide for ourselves, but our need to identify who is in a in a in a position to provide what we need for each other as a people. What 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 about that that recognition dynamic that I believe um, is lacking? Here, because you know uh, we're, we're in a competitive world. Well, I, <clears throat> I think the whole idea, of the, the, the unity, is the is the essential idea. Mm -hmm. um, and consulting, you know, not just to have our, you know, the senators only worrying about it or the governor only worrying about it. Mm -hmm. You know, we as the people need to come together in community meetings and stuff, and and really, you know, share what our, our concerns are and what potentially we have within ourselves to be the answer to these challenges that we are facing. And I think, you know, you know, the part of what the interfaith did back in the aftermath of uh, Hugo in Maryland in 89 and uh, 95 was a demonstration of that. I mean, we, we brought in volunteers in both those circumstances and even in the aftermath of Irma and Maria. These are church volunteers from all, you know, throughout the states mainly at that time. Mm -hmm. But they're the ones that did the rebuilding. 
we're still waiting for this Envision program to get it done in terms of the federal funds with the... Uh, um, the recovery. The recovery thing, you know, that seems to be barely off the ground, and even though it's five years afterwards, mm -hmm. and that's been a real challenge and disappointment. But without that interfaith effort, you know, 500, 600 homes were rebuilt after Irma and Maria because of those volunteers, which at this point has been the most that's gotten done. No, no, um, Dr. Clark, you know, when we were growing up, um, and, you know, we... Um, going through our, our religion classes, the one story that we all remember is how um, fish, the fish and bread feed a whole multitude of people, and then we learn, mm -hmm. and then we learn after, afterward, um, you, could, you could give a man, you know, fish and, 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 and feed him, but if you teach him how to fish, then he could, he could feed himself and his family. And how, how do we, you know, make that modern day uh, here in, in, because it's the same principle, but how do we make that mm -hmm. modern day real um, at this particular point, because one of the issues we're talking about, you know, importing 90, 97, let's just use 95% for the sake of this discussion of what we consume um, in this day and age and given our um, aptitudinal and, and, and knowledge and all that stuff, that, that, that is not good. I'm going to just leave it at that. that that's, that's not good. That's not realistic going forward. It's, not, it's, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's the key role that religion plays. It helps humanity uh, be fair to one another. The golden rule is found in every religion. Do unto others as you would have them do unto yourself. This is a rule that's stated dif a little differently, but it's kind of the foundation of all justice. And each prophet who has come, whether it be Buddha, Muhammad, Christ, Moses, each one has taught this key principle that we should take care of our neighbors in the way that we would like to be taken care of. And if we would do that, that would be great. But unfortunately, human beings have two natures. We have this material nature, which of course needs to be fed and such, but we also have a spiritual nature. And if we don't cultivate our spiritual nature, we can become like the animals and it becomes like survival of the fittest. In other words, we don't care what happens to the other person. It's all about me. It's what I can get and, and about feeding me. We need to have that spiritual influence that the prophets have brought. And they have brought it according to humanity's evolving consciousness. So when Moses came, he spoke to a humanity that lived in a very simple situation. They were out on the, the desert. They were people who needed to form a civilization. They were in a place where, where Moses had to give them the laws and teachings that would both help their material and their spiritual life. Now, when Christ came along, circumstances had changed. The Jewish nations had established a whole culture. There was a whole different infrastructure. Uh, there was a different kind of government. And so Jesus built upon what Moses had brought and was able to advance civilization further. And his teachings have spread throughout the world. Even people who will deny Christ was uh, a messenger or even that he even existed 
have been influenced by his teachings, the same we've all been influenced by Moses' teachings. These teachings have helped humanity to advance. And the more we can carry on with those basic teachings, those spiritual teachings, the more we will advance, the more we revert back to our, our, our animal self, to our lower self, the more we will destroy one another. And unfortunately, religion, which should be the cause of love and brotherhood and unity, is often become the cause of hatred and disunity. And with any religion that uh, doesn't promote unity and love is not a religion. It's not a true religion. And, and we have so much of that in the world today. And, and that's why I think many people have turned away from religion, because they see it as not bringing benefits to the material and spiritual well-being of humanity, but actually bringing harm. And so I think it's important that we bring religion back to that uh, core of what each of the prophets talked about and not get involved in all the division that's been introduced by the leaders and humankind after, in the, after the faith has been no, 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 George Cannon. Um, we're dealing with human beings, right? So we, we we got to we got to keep we can't lose, uh, we can't lose sight of that reality, right? Um. So we need to put in place self check mechanisms so that the human realities don't take over the ultimate goal of the group, of the people, of the masses, right? A classic example is the Nation of Islam on the mainland, where um, the intent was sound because it was about self-defense, self-determination, right? And self-respect, right? Those are the three tenets. But greed and power is a problem, right? With humans, and when, and when you have a following if you don't keep yourself in check, you're going to lose sight of the ultimate goal. So we'll take a break and we come back. I, I want to talk about how do we put these self-check mechanisms in place to protect us from the negative dynamics that undermine the ultimate goal. We got the Baha'i Faith joining us, World Religion Day on Sunday. We got uh, George Cannon, Mr. Wenninger, and uh, Dr. Clark can join us. We'll be back right after this. graduated from high school in the U.S. Virgin Islands, don't be stuck with college debt. Create your future for free with Free Tuition Plus at UVI. With Free Tuition Plus, your tuition is covered. Plus, you can use additional financial aid to pay for room and board and other expenses. At the University of the Virgin Islands, you'll receive a world-class education with opportunities to study abroad and gain hands-on experience. Choose from 99 majors, minors, and certificates on campus and online. Visit www.uvi.edu and apply today. I'm Deepa Fernandez from Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. We'll bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up, plus conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So please join us for Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. 
weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. Hi, I'm Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party! Or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. If it's happening around the world... NPR's Frank Langford is in London covering this one. Hey, Frank. Good morning. Cuba is experiencing its biggest anti-government protests. If it's happening here at home... On a blistering hot day in Twin Falls, Idaho... On the northeast border of Mississippi, where the river nourishes rich and green... Morning Edition from NPR News will take you there, wherever the story is. Listen every weekday. From 6 to 8 a.m. Here on WTJX FM 93.1. And we're back here to analyze this. Um, great discussion in advance of our World Religion Day uh, 2023. We've got the Baha'i Faith uh, joining us here this morning. And uh, I pose a question to you, um, Judge Cannon, um, because the realities are, you know, um, Adam and Eve. You know what I'm saying? Weaknesses happen. Um, but at the same time, if you have knowledge of the negatives that undermined you know, what was supposed to be forward movement at a particular time, and you're not using it, then that's worse than not being knowledgeable about, um, you know, things of that nature. So so how do we, you know, put that put that uh, mechanism in place um, so that, you know, we could always be cognizant of one little thing. What's it? The, the, you're as strong as your weakest link uh, undermining, you know, the ultimate goal. So I'm going to share uh, what I... Pull the mic a little closer to you. Sorry, I'm going to share what I um, personally do. Based on the, the revelation of Baha'u'llah, we see religion is trying to promote two things, individual transformation, spiritual growth, and creating an ever-advancing civilization. Mm-hmm. As part of that individual spiritual growth, there's certain disciplines that's required. All the religions have this, some a little more focused on it, prayer, meditation, and fasting. Now, in my sort of own personal life, I pray when I get up in the morning and meditate. And at night, before I go to bed, I pray and meditate. In the morning, I do that to remind myself that I'm a spiritual being. No matter what the material world would bring to me, I start off recognizing my relationship to my creator, even Mm -hmm. though God is unknowable, omnipotent, omnipresent. At night when I pray and meditate, I hold myself account for what I did that day. I sort of review, okay, well, did you do this in a good way? Was that behavior appropriate? Mm -hmm. Was that something maybe you should change, you should correct? Now that's on a 24-hour day. Each year, I fast, and we have a fast in the Baha'i faith for 19 days from sunup to sunset where we don't eat or drink any food. Same thing as Islam and other religions have fast where I review the whole year and sort of say, how do I get myself 
closer to God and how do I prepare and how I better myself from the last year? What are some of the changes I could do? But again, it requires discipline because what you're doing is you are giving up the material things that you need to survive like water and food to focus on the higher nature, the spiritual attributes you need to develop. One of the things that we have gotten away from because a lot of people are not practicing certain basic tenets that have been provided by all religions, prayer and meditation, communicating with God, meditating, reflecting on yourself, your life, your community, is that we don't have that discipline. When you develop these sort of practices, you find yourself aware more of your, not only spiritual existence, but of your fellow man, you know. We need those disciplines, man, because the whole idea of helping others showing forth good deeds is about getting beyond yourself and sort of being aware of your greatest society and helping out and we need to teach that because if we don't more people will get consumed with materialism looking for their own selfish sort of desires and carnal desires and and you know i have to say though that in st croix if you look around, you'll see a lot of people, a lot of older people especially, still serving the community, man, giving back. I mm -hmm. mean, you talk earlier about feeding our community. You got my brother's table. I, I'm in Rotary. I, we, 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 every year, Thanksgiving, Christmas, we try to feed the community. Mm -hmm. There are people giving of themselves out of their churches and stuff. But what we got to do is pass that on to the youth, man, because we have an age where some of us in the next decade are gone, if not tomorrow. Uh, and we need to make sure that we bring religion back to our children and youth in a way that they, they don't look at it as just words, you know. Say, oh, brethren, let these, not words, be your dormant. We need to show them in our deeds what it's all about. And, and, but this is part of the discipline. I mean, you spoke about the Nation of Islam. The reason that they had a positive impact in some of the communities where they exist is because they served the community. Mm -hmm. So did the Black Panthers. I mean, they served the community. It, you know, the rhetoric might not have convinced a lot of people to join them, be a part of them, but when they saw their deeds, you know, of food in the community, helping people in the community, especially people who were coming out of prison and, and, and trying to get in their lives together and get off of drugs, they were very good at that. So we, we have to sort of think about how do we use religion to motivate us to actually serve humanity, which is what it's all about? Mr. Wanancha, one of the things that um, <clears throat> Judge Cannon uh, mentioned um, requires us to not assume that people know better. Um, because, you know, assumption is the mother of a lot of bad things, right? So... Um, how do we, um, without offending people, um, remind them of the little things that George uh, Cannon mentioned that we could do from a disciplinary standpoint that makes for a, 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 well, I think a, it, a, 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 a solid big picture? I think it points to the importance of education, um, and not just the material education in terms of our what keeps us healthy is the physical body and, mm -hmm. and the things that kind of 
you know, apply to the physical world in terms of governance and that kind of thing, but also in terms of the sense of community. And, and one of the things, again, as a fundamental principle in the Baha'i faith is the independent investigation of truth. Mm-hmm. You know, as above, so below, but also know thyself. And, 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 and what George mentioned in terms of in the morning and the evening, calling yourself to account in the evening for how your day went and hopefully tomorrow will be better than today. And, you, you know, today was better than yesterday in terms of, you know, how we reflect and evaluate our individual activities. Well, we got to do that collectively as well. And again, that like, you know, does you know, bring, the, bring the community together. We, you know, we have a reliance on, um, within a lot of the faith traditions on clergy, you know, the, the specialists, the rest of us are all passive. You know, we, don't, we, don't get a, we don't make the commitment to be involved or they don't challenge us to get involved. And the same thing with a lot of our you know, political leaders. It's, you know, it's, it's the aggrandizement of power for themselves but, but it's not this kind of empowerment of everyone in terms of making community better and advancing the civilization that is also part of our creative purpose. We should be making the world better as a result of our being here, and our purpose is to help make it better. You know, we are actually God's hands to bring about this idea of a kingdom of God on earth, ultimately, as an ideal, which is yet to be achieved, but... You know, we got to hope that we got the capacities, the latent talents to do it. But education is so important in bringing that out in us, those potentials. Uh, Dr. Clark, and you, you worked at the university, and um, I want so so I want to use um, what um, Judge Cannon um, mentioned with respect to discipline, self-discipline, um, and ask you: um, Are we? Uh, educating our our population as to the importance of structure um because if everybody's just running all over the place and we're going willy-nilly and um and, and not embracing the importance and the value of a sound structure with your personal life and allowing and 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 you incorporating that and actually requiring that in everything you commit to um so that you know, you, in the end, you, you don't feel like you're just going through the motions. There's a end. There's a goal that we're trying to meet. Um, are we doing that enough here in the community? Well, I would say no, and not only in the community in our culture, but certainly not in the universities. The universities are, have taken a very different cultural uh, orientation. No, uh, well, well, since you went there, let, let me let me rephrase the question. Yeah. Have we have we embraced our civil liberties so much so that it is undermining the benefits of discipline and structure? I would say yes. I think we have made such an overemphasis on individualism and individual rights and have forgotten to deal with individual responsibilities. And we have, as a result... Uh, have a very materialistic orientation towards life. We think of life, and and the universities promote this idea. Uh, in fact, many of the universities are are anti-religion. They're anti-God. Uh, they they think that this is actually uh, helping to make things worse. So. One of the things that we are seeing in universities and in, in our culture in general 
is this idea of people, whatever their identity is, to make themselves separate from other people. It's us against them, or, or you are against me. And it's the very opposite of what religion should teach. It's the very opposite of a moral life. We are one family. We are one people. Each one of us is a unique individual, but we are one human race. And for people to divide us and put us against one another, whether it be white or black, male or female, up educated, uneducated, this nation against that nation, this religion against that religion is very harmful and destructive. And instead of, I think, teaching us to pursue our higher selves, we are emphasizing more of our lower selves. And that's a great disservice. And that's, the only, that's where religion plays a particular role. It calls us to our higher selves. It helps us to have that discipline. Otherwise, why, why be good? You know, when you can steal and cheat and get ahead materially. The religion gives us that motive and that attitude to, to be disciplined. It raises our consciousness about who we are and how we should be and how we could be and what a successful and productive and meaningful life looks like. But again, you see even many religious going into a very materialistic format. They're all about uh, God is going to help you get rich. And uh, that's, that's why you should believe in God, because you're going to get a new car or something like this. Again, these kinds of attitudes, I find, have uh, caused people to discredit religion and has sapped the vital spirit, that Holy Spirit that comes through these religions. It, they, it has been taken out because people have been pursuing their own selfish, individual, and limited conceptions about reality. No, no, George Cannon, just listening to all of you three distinguished young men, um, at the end of the day, this is about balance, isn't it? Oh, no doubt it's about balance. You know what I'm Because we're talking about so many different dynamics, but in, in reality, um, the goal really should should be how do we balance every every dynamic so that we not only are feeling good about ourselves, but we feel that we're making a contribution to the societies that we're in at that particular time. Absolutely. Uh, one of the other tenets of the Baha'i faith is moderation in all things. Uh, and you need that moderation. You, you can't even be extreme in your religious belief because then you become fanatical. Mm -hmm. You need to understand that moderation is important, the balance, but in order to balance things in your life you, you got to have a sense of who you are you got to have a sense of what you about what you're trying to do uh what you like to accomplish so the whole individual transformation that i spoke of earlier requires you to sort of learn about yourself and if you think of god as omnipresent omnipotent it's not only the creator of all things it is in all things mm -hmm. and so the more you learn about yourself the more you also understand more about 
the omnipotent, the omniscient. And none of this is easy. I mean, this is also mystical. Religion itself is mystical. I mean, you have faith in an unknowable essence. I mean, that that's not logical, you know. Uh, but for those of us who've been touched by the concept that God is real, even though we can't comprehend it, brought up in a culture where religion is real and part of our upbringing, and see the benefits as well as the beauty of a religion that talks about serving humanity and bringing forth an ever-advancing civilization, it's a good way to live, man. Mm -hmm. And God knows if you believe that and you also have a sense of your spiritual connection, when you pass off this physical plane, then you enter into the spiritual world. So you're looking forward to it. You you ain't afraid to die, as uh, Bob Marley was said. You know, we all talking about going, going to heaven. Up. Yeah, but we're scared to die. Scared to die. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah. I mean, you know, the best thing would be to take that last breath and look forward to that next journey, man, and be excited because you, you've done your duty here or what you feel is your your responsibility and you, you're ready to take that next step. It's like the baby coming out of the womb. When the baby came out of the womb, mm -hmm. the baby was crying because their world was destroyed. In yeah. the womb, they had everything. They had the protection. Every, yeah. The protection was there. The protection they come out of this yeah. world, man, they, they crying and upset. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this world is so much greater than the womb. No, I, like, I like that. So when I like you the, die, I like the way, I like yeah, the, way you, you, the next world is going to be like that. the world compared to the womb. It's mm -hmm. going to be so much greater. We can't grasp it. So, you know, but you ain't gonna get there without effort and, and trying to learn what you need to learn physically as materially and spiritually in this world mm -hmm. to get what you need to do to advance in the next world. Before we go to the break, I, I, I mean, when we come back from the break, Mr. Weninger, Jerry, uh, I, I want to talk about how uh, we mature as we age and, and we look at things differently. For example, like right now they got mega millions, right, at, at, at over a billion dollars. And when I was young, and I, you know, I, I said, well, if I got $400, 500000000 million, uh, I'd do this, I'd do that. And as I've aged, I, I said, if I was to win $700 million, I'd probably give away $500 million because we are now more realistic with the fact that what am I going to do with all that money anyway? You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So things like this. So I want to talk about how um, with, with maturity, you're supposed to, things are actually supposed to come into focus better. As we age, uh, we got the uh, world religion, and I want to talk about world religion day as well uh, in the final second when we come back. We got the Baha'i Faith joining us here. It's a beautiful day here in paradise. Um, of course, my vista is always beautiful. We'll be back right after this. for your business. At Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go, and our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com these days, people go to great lengths to shed the stress of daily life. There's acupuncture, deep tissue massage, meditation, yoga. 
At All Things Considered, we offer our own type of healing, invigorating news stories that span the rainbow of human experience. Nourish your mind and escape from the ordinary. Weekdays on All Things Considered from NPR News. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. The news nowadays is a bit like our weather, much more extreme. The headlines that grab the most attention generate a lot of heat and not much light. On 1A, we rely on your questions and stories to help us better understand the issues that demand more than a few tweets. With your help, we'll get to the heart of the story together. Catch 1A at its new time, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. During a busy day, it can be hard to make room for even one more thing. So it's a real plus that All Things Considered from NPR News is great for multitaskers. You can confidently add being well-informed to your to-do list and know that you will get it done. Whether you're cleaning out your junk drawer on a quick drive or something else, listen to All Things Considered every weekday afternoon. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. And we're back here on Analyze This. Um, we got the good people from the Baha'i Faith uh, joining us. Jerry Weninger, um, George Cannon. And of course, our Dr. Rock Larkin joining us as well. So, um, Jerry, as you age, you know, you you when, when you're young, you want you want to do this, you want to do that, you want to buy this, you want to buy that, and then as time goes on and you start to accept your mortality, you 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 start in principle, you start asking this question: um, Am I giving back enough? to my people, to my society. Um, you know, when I die, um, all the material things that I have, I would want for them to actually be providing for someone else coming after me. Of course, everybody has family and, and all that stuff. So, so talk a little bit about how maturity is supposed to play a part in you having a greater understanding of your commitment to being here on God's green earth. Well, George, I mentioned that at the moment that you're born out of the womb, you're, you're bawling and crying because you, you, your comfort and protection has been disturbed. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, you were very dependent. As an infant, you wouldn't survive a day without that outside parent looking after you and taking care of you. Um, and so that, you know, as, as we progress into childhood, into adolescence, into adulthood, you know, these capacities get developed where we are able to provide more effectively for ourselves and put potentially to the point where the work that we do is service. And when our work is service, it's actually, we equate that to worship. When you are serving others in what you do to make your livelihood, that is worship. You know, that's caring for each other in a way that, you know, God's love gives us life and sustains life for us. We're helping to do that with each other. So by serving each other in what we do. Um, in the in the Hindu philosophy, there's there's these like these four stages. There's the the student, there's the householder when you're raising your family, pursuing your career. There's the retiree, which George and I and Rod are all in at this point, and soon you will be too. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's also a fourth stage, the sannyasin, 
even beyond the retiree where you kind of step back from what you were doing in terms of this active participant. And you look more again to this spiritual balance, the spiritual reality that, that is our ultimate and true reality. So when it comes to an individual going through this maturation process, it's also true for us as a species. I and mean, we're kind of in a very turbulent adolescence collectively as, as the human race right now. And God knows we need a lot more maturing before we're going to you know, make things better for all of us and not just for a few of us, which unfortunately is, is the case right now. But as we mature, even as a species, hopefully we get this balance that we don't have right now, a better dis, uh, an equitable distribution of resources so that we all have enough, because there's enough around for all of us if we really realized and made an effort to distribute it fairly and equally and give equal opportunity to everyone to develop their own latent potentials so that they themselves are also contributors to this well-being of all of us. So again, that's, you know, the importance of education is so critical, but again, bringing us together as communities to work toward empowerment as opposed to, you know, self-aggrandizement that, you know, benefits a few, but not the majority of us. Uh, Dr. Clarkin, talk about why it's important that um, we continue to evolve um, even with each passing day, regardless of how old we may be at that particular time. We should never want to stop uh, learning, um, in particular learning about people, um, because we have to exist among each other. Everybody sees things differently. Um, speak about the, the, the critical importance of, of, of being open-minded as opposed to believing that you know everything. Well, I think that is actually key. And one of the, the big problems we have as a society is we think we know it, or we think we know more than other people. And one of the things that religion helps teach us is to be humble, to, to be humble before God. Uh, I was an educator, and uh, one of the reasons I think children learn so much is because they know they don't know, and they're quite open. They're open to all sorts of learning. What happens is when we begin to think we know, and what happens is so much of what we know is very limited, and much of it is thought faulty. We have learned so many prejudices and so many misconceptions about reality from our society. Uh, we have to overcome them. But if we think we know, which is one of the problems with not only uh, race, it's also a problem with religion. People have segregated themselves and they won't look at other religions. They, they don't keep an open mind. They don't independently investigate the truth. This is what their religious teacher or their culture or their family has taught them, and they, they accept that without thinking. And um, I think that we have been given a mind by our creator. We've been given the capacity to think and to investigate reality, and that's part of our spiritual development. If we don't use that, when we are born into the next world, that won't be developed. We, it's the same way we are in the womb of our mother, we're developing our eyes and our ears. All of those things, we need to function in this world. If we don't develop them in that world, when we're born into this world, we're going to be limited. 
And the same is happening now while we're in the womb of this world. We are developing all of our spiritual qualities to be born into the next world. The next world doesn't have a body. This body gets left behind, just like the placenta got left behind when we were born into this world. We are having to develop our spiritual eyes and ears and our arms and legs so that we can function in the next world. And it's not going to be acceptable in the next world to say, well, I was in, I was in the womb and I didn't need eyes. And so and nobody else was developing them. So I just followed them. That excuse, I mean, you can use that excuse, but you're still not going to have eyes. So if you want, you have, it is each individual's choice to develop their spiritual qualities, those virtues that they're going to need in the next world. They can live without them. You know, if you don't have eyes in the womb, you're not going to really suffer. And in this world, materially, you can live without those spiritual qualities. But when you're born into the next world, that's when you're going to realize what the, the importance of, say, being uh, open-minded, being truthful, being fair-minded, for goodness sakes, uh, being just, being loving, the very essence of religion is helping man to develop their spiritual body for the next world. When we're in our mother's womb, we don't have to think, oh, well, should I develop eyes or ears or arms or legs? Thank God, that's not get we have, that is given to us. But in this world, we have volition. God has given us the choice, has said, you can choose this or that. And so we get to choose. Religion gives us the DNA. It gives us the genetic code that tells us what, we, what kind of a body we need in the next world. And so that's where we can learn how to develop those qualities that not only will help us advance ourselves individually and collectively here, but are going to be very essential into the next world. And those qualities are universal. They're in all the religions. Love, truth, justice, unity. These are concepts that are all found in all the world religions. And, and where people divide them is when they look at the secondary things, which happen because humanity has gone from infancy to childhood to adolescence. And when, when Moses talked to humanity, he had to use a language that those people could understand. Now, because we've learned Moses' lesson, we've learned the lessons of Jesus, now, and, and of Muhammad, now we need to have lessons that take us into adulthood. And uh, those are the lessons that Baha'u'llah has brought. I'm going to come back to you in a little bit so you could give us a, 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 a synopsis of, of, of what um, World Religion Day uh, attempts to accomplish. But I want to ask... Judge Khan, a question real quickly based on a discussion that we, we have here on our table talk with Rocky Lebert, and we talk about uh, governance and leadership. And one of the things that uh, Rocky always cycles back to, he said, you know, because we were talking about, you know, what would make, what would allow for our leaders um, to be effective. And he said, it all starts with love. If you don't have love for the people, then you can't lead, right? Um, and, you know, some people, you know, the, the, the hardened side of men 
uh, you know, when we hear love, um, you know, we, we don't understand that it ain't just love of women or the other sex. It's not just a sexual thing and a physical thing. It, it's, a, it's a spiritual and human thing, right? It, like the civil rights movement when, when Malcolm would say, you know, this ain't a civil rights issue. This is a human rights issue because you don't treat people like how people are being treated. It's not a color thing. Uh, talk a little bit about, um, uh, quickly before I, I, I go back uh, to Dr. Clarkin about why we need to embrace love not just um, on the surface, but in reality for us as a society. Well, love is such a great term, but also, and I'm just going to share some thoughts because I could talk about love on so many levels. Love is is a virtue that basically shows the power of attraction. And when we talk about it, sometimes we focus on it from the romantic perspective. But if you think about attraction on the spiritual perspective attraction brings about unity mm -hmm. you attract it it's like a magnet things done in unity man can accomplish great achievements I mean if we were unified as a community mm -hmm. if we were unified in what we wanted to accomplish we could do it love is that attraction that brings us together that makes us love not only another person but our community, our society, humanity. It is the power of that attraction. God is love. Now, I can't explain to you the, the infinite because I'm finite. But mm -hmm. if God is love, that means that when I am a, a, trying to be at peace and unified with you, I'm expressing that love that is part of God's creation. It's mystifying because it is not something that is made out of material. It's not made out of atoms and molecules. Correct. But it's real. Yeah. It's as real as you yeah. and I sitting here thinking that we see physical beings in front of us. Yeah. And But this power of love, man, I mean, not just music, not just romance, I mean, the love of a mother for a child. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's unquestionable. It's an unquestioned intangible. Right. And, but it's that, so that powerful. It's, it's the realest intangible. It's so powerful. And, yeah. and the fact that we even think that we understand it and feel it, mm -hmm. I mean, it's so great. Uh, and when I think about it, I'm still trying to sort of achieve how do I express that love? And how do I do it in the most appropriate way? Getting mm -hmm. back to balance and moderation. Mm -hmm. Uh, because, so everything we're talking about is integrated. Is what right, you're, right. Is, and is, so, you is know, I mean, when you think about the, the plant, the, the love of the rain to the plant, the, the sun to the plant, I mean, it's it's, it's all attraction. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Dr. Clark, here quickly, because we, you know, a great conversation time flies fast. World Religion Day on Sunday. Um, are we doing anything here in the territory? Uh, not anything collectively. People mm. were offering the idea of prayers. What mm -hmm. we're trying to do is promote the idea of unity, okay. trying to promote that all of the religions have the same spiritual principles and that they are harmonious and that they need to come together. There is only one God, and there is really only one religion of God. And that religion has been revealed to humanity through prophets that have come at different times to different places. And they have brought two kinds of teachings. They have brought spiritual teachings, which are the same in all the religions. They maybe are expressed a little differently, 
but that you should love one another, that there is life after death, that there is a God, that you should be good. But they also bring teachings that are meant to help the material advancement of civilization. So they bring teachings about what food you should eat, how you, how you should have families, how you should conduct affairs within the community. Those secondary teachings change over time as humanity advances. And so when we were children, uh, we had different rules. What love looked like to a, an infant is very different than what it looks like to a child, what it looks like to a teenager, and what it looks like to an adult. Mm -hmm. And each time a prophet comes, they help expand our consciousness about what love looks like, what love is. And as we get older, more mature, greater consciousness, we are able to manifest that in our lives. And that's what our purpose is. Our purpose is ultimately to know and love God. We do that by knowing and loving ourselves and humanity. And so religion must play a significant role. Part of the reason I think we see the suffering in, in the world today is because people not only have turned away from religion, they have uh, turned away from the essence of what their religion taught, and they've gotten caught up in all these secondary rituals. And they've gotten caught up in fanaticism, fundamentalism, which would horrify. I, I, I want, to, I want to, to thank all three of you for joining us today. World Religion Day takes place this Sunday, uh, January 15th. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining us. And of course, you know, you got Open Door here. Glad to have you here. Thank you. We'll Appreciate come back it. again and talk. I love this show, man. You got it. You got it. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Jerry, for joining us as well. Thank you, Dr. Clarkin. And, and, and wonderful being with you. And we'll be back. We'll, we'll get you back on again in the future. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the weekend, everyone. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. I wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. 1A is your place for daily conversation with thoughtful guests and listeners from around the country. Fridays are home to our news roundups, where we answer your questions about the biggest stories of the week. I'm Jen White. This year, we continue to celebrate your freedom to listen, weigh in, and share what you're curious about. And with your help, we'll get to the heart of the story together. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1.